0: To the Heads and Volleys Podcast with me, Lee Dunn. For me growing up, motivation was really about like how hard did you run? How stuck in did you get into 50-50 challenges? There was never really a question of if you actually really wanted to play or why you were playing, maybe because of the culture around just being swept up as a player and everybody thought that they wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was kind of the answer to why you played soccer. But if I look at the position that I hold or the positions that I hold from consulting and directing to actually being a head coach of of young players too. And even considering my own children as they begin to grow and start thinking about why they may be motivated to play soccer, but also anything else. And I think we, we don't ask the question enough directly to our players. Why are you playing? What is your motivation? And, I think perhaps also here in the US there is also a concern that there are parents with ulterior motives to why their kids are playing. You know, you think about clubs with high status or the right patch on their arm, whether that's an MLS next or an ECNL patch or anything like that. But the really big thing is kind of what are we what are we doing with our players and, and how are we considering what their motivation is? Let me start by asking you, if you coach a team, do you know the motivation for each of your players? Do you know the motivation for each of your players from their own personal level and also from the parents' level, from the community? And if your own child plays, what is their motivation? Because I think there are plenty of players that will play and will continue to play whilst their parents are taking them. But then there are also probably plenty of kids who could probably just be happy enough to not play anymore because they don't get taken to the game anymore, don't get taken to practice anymore. So then I think about what are the two reasons for that? And number one may well just be that they just like to play soccer and perhaps they're in the wrong environment. And this is something that really kills me when I consult and when I direct that the motivations of the coach often don't match the level of the players that they are working with. And if you think about a coach that gets hired into a club, they get offered a position working with a second, third, fourth team, then they are all involved. They are all in. They want to win every game. They want to prove themselves to the club in a way that will allow them to coach in the first teams or whatever the the structure of the organization is. So, Number one, we look at what our what our player's motivation is versus what our coach's motivation is. And then number two, the environment that that player is coming from. They have an older sibling that's a really good player. Perhaps they feel like they need to be a soccer player too. One of the biggest things that, or most enlightening that I've experienced in coaching one of my teams this season is that I coach twins. I actually have several twins involved in my organization, but... One of the sets, one of them is a soccer player, the other is a football player. And they kind of joke with each other about whose sport is better. And I think that's kind of funny and healthy that they are trying to kind of put each other, each other's preferences against each other, trying to find, you know, it's like the old uh, argument, who's better, Ronaldo or, or Messi? And they're kind of doing the same thing. Is it football or is it soccer? And maybe they may continue with their sports out of spite for the other one, just to prove that their sport is better. I don't know them all that well in, and, and how their relationship goes. But these are kind of some of the motivations that we have to consider for our players, then you look at you've got older players, perhaps they're interested in playing because they play for so long and that's all that they know. So when I look at the motivation of the player and if they would just like to continue playing, think about locally for you, is it all competitive soccer? Is there much recreational soccer? I've seen a lot around school soccer recently and I wonder if school soccer is truly that answer for everybody to be able to put our players where they are at. So in terms of school, almost all of our kids go to school. So within the school environment, there's a wonderful opportunity for all of the kids to play soccer without the real hardcore push of what competitive soccer looks like. I'm coaching two U9 teams this season. Both of them play games on Saturday and Sunday. Last weekend, we had a game on Friday also because we have a condensed schedule. We're trying to get everything in. And I don't know that the motivation of the kids when they were signing up to play soccer was that they would play so many games in such a short amount of time. And it's not that they don't love playing games and they don't love being involved in the team because they do a lot of things around them and their motivations for playing, but also the high demand of playing in the league and playing in state cup and being on a field where you've got two sets of parents yelling and excited and constantly working on them as individuals of, are you looking forward to the game? Did you enjoy the game? Did you score? Did you win? And there's not so much around going and playing the game for fun. And the training environment, of course, always turns into preparation for the game before or from the game before into the game coming and what that means for us. But we don't often ask about the motivations of our players. So how can we find out the motivations? And how can we find out in a way that is going to allow our players to express themselves in a comfortable environment? Now, I work with younger players, but having worked with older players at ODP level, of course, I understand their motivations are different, but I can ask them, I can ask them, why are you playing? What are you hoping to get out of this? Kind of give me a little bit more of your your ambitions as a soccer player. But with these younger players, especially, I send... Information monthly to all of the families. I kind of do it in several parts. Number one is I ask them all to submit their current juggling record. And it's just a name and a juggling record with the caveat, with the expectation that they are going to go home and practice juggling. We do a little bit of it in our training environment. So, can you go home and juggle? Now, I can measure your motivation by. You submitting a score, and if you are submitting a score, is it improving? And then I can also keep an eye on them by randomly, and I don't do this for the start of every practice, but every now and then I'll just say, Everyone, grab a ball. We're going to juggle for two minutes, and we're going to have a little competition amongst everybody and see who gets the highest right now. Doesn't matter who has the highest record, we're going to play right now and see who can come up with the highest score out of everybody. So now I get to observe them having a little bit of fun, a little bit of competition, but I also get to observe who is doing it. And who is motivated to do it? There are, of course, kids that will just kick the ball really high and mess around. Again, these are 2016s, 2015s. But I can tell the motivation. Now, I'm sending this to the parents and asking them to chat with their child and to submit the form, which, again, is just a name and a score. Most of them are young. It's a single-digit score. But I can also measure the expectations or the motivations of the parents by many of them actually respond because they get the same email from me every month with several key bits of information number one is the juggling score i can measure your motivation just by your juggling score number two is some form of family homework and i've talked about this before where a couple of months ago we talked i had the parents or i encouraged the parents to share with their player what it was like for them as a youth soccer grow as a as a youth athlete or a youth kind of com- competitive individual, what it was like for them growing up and their experience with their parents, and then to talk with their with their son because I coach boys, talk with their son about the environment that they have with their parents. So. The example would be that for me, my dad used to stand on the sideline and put his thumbs up. That was when in the game I'd look at him and I'd just get a thumbs up. And that meant so much to me. And I never heard him shout. I never really heard him say much of anything, actually, during the games. And I can look back on that and share that with my kids and say, would you like that? Would you like me to not necessarily be more vocal, but would you like me to be more involved in what's going on? But to have that conversation is so empowering for that player. And also, I think that's really motivating because now the individual is allowed to create their environment. And what I mean by that, I mean that if they don't, and this is classic, if they don't want their parents yelling, then they can say or they can ask for that to not happen. And of course, it's something that we can talk about with accountability and power balances between kids and their parents. But it's Something that they can be motivated to say, like, I do really like playing soccer, but actually I don't care about soccer so much when you're yelling at me. And I'm sure you all know of plenty of kids that get yelled at by their parents and probably dislike the game much more or are more likely to drop out from playing simply because of the environment that they have with their families. So we talked about what it's like for them. This month, I added in motivation. So there is a little online course for motivation, and basically just having them explore why they like to play soccer, why they like to play. And this is true for anything. Why do they like to read? Why do they like to you know, do whatever it is, play games? So, and then we take that information, and I try and take that information, and then I keep that in mind when I'm coaching the players. Now, I know that a couple of the players in my team are friends. So when I'm building practice teams for small-sided games, I will often say, you two are on the same team in this activity. And it just seems like a such a simple little thing. But I've talked about the FIFA green lines before. and building the best relationships between players. I have two players that speak Russian. I play them together as much as possible because they're on the same wavelength just from a language perspective and a background perspective now i'm making that into a green line with them becoming friends, and the same with the other two guys who are good friends who will always you know, I always know this when I say get into pairs and they just they get right together. so I know that I can stretch them and separate them and compete, or I can put them in a game, and we've been working on partners in seven v seven and how you support wide in a partnership. play them together you two are friends you're more likely to support each other and help each other so even just knowing the motivation that they're playing with their friend can help me tailor what i'm doing with my practices with my game plan and then the same goes to maybe they play because they want to be a pro soccer player maybe they play because their dad was a really good soccer player well then i want to know what position dad played and i want to know what dad says to them and i want to know what dad does on the sideline. So I'm watching for all of these things to ultimately say to a kid at the end, here is how I can help you. Here's how I can benefit you. Here is secretly how I can pull on that motivation string and watch you go. And there's another player who I I have in my group who is a competitive baseball player. And this is just an example. And he's very, very smart. He... Plays, I believe it's shortstop. And so he's used to observing and watching and kind of anticipating or at least reacting very quickly to where the ball is going to go or where it's gone. And versus some of the other players who don't have that observation skill, but he loves also playing baseball and he also loves soccer. So then I can motivate him by saying, you know, those skills that you're learning by playing baseball, we're gonna take that into soccer and here is how you're gonna use it. So it's not like he's playing soccer and baseball. The way I framed it is that you can use the skill that you've learned from one and you can use it in the other. So you're essentially playing the game in the same way. And sure enough, when the opponent builds out, we have kind of like a mid to low press. We don't just go chasing in. And he hides around the center circle inside the half And he's watching for where that player is going to play the ball, and he jumps on it, just like he's jumping on a ball in the shortstop position, which is something that I wouldn't know unless I asked him about his motivations, unless I asked him about why he does what he does as a soccer player, why he wants to be involved in the game, why he is... In the middle of my practice, practicing his baseball swing when he's on the outside of a positional play or a rondo activity, which at first was really annoying. And I told him, hey, don't disrespect my soccer like that. But then the big picture is I understand who he is. I try and have this conversation and I want to know him better because I'm only gonna work with him for a year or two years. So then he's gonna move on to somebody else. And then what I do is I build a profile on all of these players and then pass them on to the next coach. Even if they leave the club, I'll send it to their parents to say, you are welcome to share this with your new coach because that player has a wonderful talent that is often, I guess, disregarded or belittled because it's baseball. And we have this big thing about baseball and soccer and my sport's better than your sport but it's so valuable and that's a motivation for him. So I encourage you to share with your families, to share with your players, then activity around challenging them, how they can identify what motivates them. And then also understanding how you can use that to your advantage. Because then I think when we start motivating our players, the, the desired behavior that we want from all of our players is that they fight and they don't give up and they try hard and they go home and they practice and they come back to us better and better all the time. And we win tournaments and state cups and all of that stuff, which ultimately is going to be a byproduct of us understanding and learning how to communicate with our players, learning how to engage and challenge them on on their level, which ultimately benefits your level. So there's some motivation for you on this beautiful Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Games galore. I have three games, a little bit lighter than the the five of last weekend, but it's never a dull day around here. At Lead on Soccer, please do let me know if you want more information around what I do with motivation or if you have any questions or you want to kind of explore this a little bit more and need some guidance. I am certainly more than happy to share what I'm doing.